Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. On your morning commute to work, chances are you're inundated with dozens of the same drab billboards across the interstate highways. But with the rise of video walls, suddenly advertisements are getting a lot more interesting to look at. Joining me today is Randy Pagnin, member of RP Visuals, to discuss how video walls are allowing more creative ways for artists and advertisers to display their ideas and products. How you doing, Randy? Super duper, and you? I'm doing fantastic. Right. So I wanted to start this interview asking, what exactly do you do at RP Visuals? As little as possible. Actually, not true. <laughs> um, I, head up a, I head up a group of talented individuals for uh, engineering design, sales of creative visual structures, um, taking technology, display technology, and seamlessly integrating it into environments in cool and wonderful ways. Uh, that's what I get to do every day. That sounds awesome. Now I want to ask, so this is specifically like video walls and stuff like that, right? Yep. Yep. Video walls. Although, you know, I kind of stopped using the word video walls as much as start to call them like dynamically reconfigurable display services, because you can really start to put anything anywhere now. Uh, traditional video walls are kind of morphing into just digital spaces. So where are the places that you are commonly like setting up these dynamic visual, what, what, what did you use? Dynamic visual? Uh... Dynamically reconfigurable display service. And what I mean by that is the display surface might be, you know, um, wrapped around the side of a building. And in one, one application, you may use it at a traditional 16 by nine image. And in another application, depending on content, you might use it to wrap the whole building. So putting anything anywhere onto these display surfaces uh, is, is what's starting to be a lot more fun in the world of, of visual, creative visual structures. So you have all this opportunity to basically put these wherever you want. Where are you commonly seeing these displays pop up? You know, all over. And that's part of the thing that I really enjoy about our industry is, I mean, you're, you're seeing them in, in every walk of life, in particular in the retail sector, right? Uh, the retail sector in the in the Microsofts, the Nikes, the Burberry type stores, but then you're also seeing them in the corporate lobbies. And in particular, right now, we're doing just a ton of stuff with uh, financial trading houses and in public information display areas, um, uh, transit applications, even house of worships are becoming more cool than they used to be. So you're seeing you're seeing these in a wide walk of different uh, applications now. Now you mentioned that a lot of these displays are going on like buildings and stuff. Are, how are these video walls exactly fit for the outdoors and how do you protect them from the elements like rain and snow and stuff like that? Well, our, our business is predominantly narrow pixel pitch, which by default ends up being deployed more in inside environments. So I'm not the expert to talk on outdoor digital signage. However, what we are seeing a lot of is a lot of what we call um, uh, indoor outdoor facing so you have these video walls that are inside a building but they're facing outdoor and hence they're protected by the building itself uh, i can speak intelligently to that in the world of outdoor um you know in, in having stuff that's ip65 rated and be uh, deployed in virtually any kind of harsh environment not our bailiwick although a lot of display technology from a lot of the met vendors now is coming out that is either indoor or outdoor rated regardless. And so we're, we're, you know, we could integrate it in or out in that application, but there are specialists who specialize in outdoor We're we're more so in the inside world. Now, 
what are some of the benefits of using these kinds of display walls over other forms of display, like say like a projector or something like that? Well, actually, I kind of lump projectors in in with that as well. Like there's there's no wrong display technology now today. What you're seeing is, you know, maybe now and then the wrong application of a display technology. Um, we, we, we look at each opportunity with our partners, be it the consultant, be it their customer, the architect, uh, the integrator, technology manager, and we look at what best fits that application. I'm and, and we're still a significant portion of our business is both front and rear projection applications. We just finished an Australian war museum in um, Normandy, France, which is rear projection. And that's the best technology when you're going to do like a Chevron screen, uh, which they deployed there. We're working on a very cool um, 30 plus projector uh, paintscaping application in a major city that'll get a lot of news i'm under an nda but in another month you're going to hear about it but they're painscaping the waterfront uh with 30 plus high brightness projectors um you can't do that as economical with any other display technology so projection still cool um but in fixed pixel array you know uh, the other choices being um uh, traditional flat panels um, and then also what we're doing the most of right now, where our business has morphed recently, the, the greatest is into narrow pixel pick, pitch, sub 2.5 millimeter direct view LED. Now, would you say, you mentioned that the price, it's less economical to go the video wall route. Is that really the only downside is the economics and the fact that they're expensive right now, or are there other drawbacks? Well, you, you it's... You know, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at narrow pixel pitch, fixed pixel LED technology, um, and we just did a really cool project on the East Coast that is actually curved in and curved down. But if I could have applied projection, it could have been done at a fraction of the cost. So projection in particular is still uh, the choice for deformed, uh, you know, concave, convex, um, 3D due to the fast refresh rate on projection if you have a true 3D application. Um, and then then if you are considering neuropixel pitch, the, the biggest the biggest hurdle remains what you just said yourself, which is um, the cost of the technology. Although that's dropping quite a bit lately as it deploys more and more. Um, I always give cost per square foot of technology. I take the look at the projection or the flat panel or the LED technology married up with a uh, mount and then I look and I put it into a cost per square foot that's the uh, accounting in me and uh, projection technology it, it can be like 800 to 1200 bucks a square foot and flat panel technology 46 inch 55 inch LCD technology in, in a matrix array that's going to be like 1800 to 2400 bucks a square foot and I used to say that narrow pixel pitch sub 2.5 kicked in at about 2,500 bucks a square foot, but that's even dated now. It's even dropped and it's getting more competitive. But 0 0.8, 0 0.95 millimeter direct view LED or some of the new um, chip on board technology that's coming out, that stuff's eight to $10,000 a square foot. So literally 10 times the cost, right? 800 bucks a square foot for a projection-based application, eight, you know, $10,000 a square foot for uh, direct view LED. Depends what the application warrants. Now, you mentioned that a lot of these uh, walls that you're making are starting to curve both in like in a concave way, in a convex way. 
being set up in all different tr- sorts of ways. Do you see like really, really big advertisement companies starting to uh, create advertisements with video walls in mind that have these unique properties like a curve? Uh, absolutely. Um, you, know, you have to forgive me, but the, um, the large outdoor, nothing to do with RP visuals, the large outdoor LED wall recently deployed in Piccadilly in London, England is a huge curved outdoor digital billboard. Um, you're going to see the very same stuff as migrating to indoor. And when it's just a large pixel array, it allows the content folks slash advertisers to put anything up anywhere. You could segment the wall into multiple banners. You could, um, you know, you make sure you catch their attention by showing the World Cup and then be running headers and footers that are promoting products. It just becomes a large canvas that you can sell and put anything anywhere. Do you believe that curved technology, not only for like outdoor indoor video screens, but also for like televisions with sort of the invention of the curved TV? Do you think that curved is like the future for screens? Well, in flat panel array, no question about it with the LG OLED um, and and probably, you know, soon soon to follow Samsung shipping. Um, we've, we've already done some mounts for OLED and um, OLED is flexible and that just opens up a whole different um, ability to deploy that. Uh, these technologies, you know, 55 inch diagonal, but they're five millimeter uh, in thickness. And that truly is, you know, getting to the fantasy word of digital wallpaper. Um, they've already done some, some very cool projects um, LG has done in uh, Incheon Airport in South Korea, which is a big suspended curved um, LED wall, LED flat panel wall, which is just real cool to do. Um, but even locally, I just, I just, they just sent me a picture today of a project they did down at the San Diego airport and they did a digital ring. And doing that ring out of an OLED panel is probably, uh, you know, a higher pixel density be a lot less money than direct view LED um, and, and deformable. I mean, you could you could literally twist this stuff like a twizzler. So what's some of the craziest things that you or that you helped work on with video screen with video screens and them bending in weird ways? Like what's the most creative thing uh, you have done? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, there's two two ways I'd answer that. One would be, um, you know, what's cool from a mechanical, how would you do that? And then what's cool where the technology is just deployed in a unique environment that I think is clever. Um, so mechanically, you know, I, I talk about the, the Microsoft flagship stores, uh, ones in New York and ones in Sydney, Australia. Um, uh, talk about the one in Sydney, Australia, when we were working with um, Gensler, the architect, one of their early on renderings showed indoor facing direct view LED facing outdoor. And they did that because they wanted a very high pixel count. They actually installed 1.9 millimeter uh, billboards inside the building facing out. But when we saw the rendering, we just said uh, something to hit you is very common sense is, is how are you going to clean the glass? because they had the LED position right up against the glass. And we worked in, in conjunction with Microsoft and Gensler to develop a really clever uh, actuator linear motion system that actually retracts the LEDs back from away from the glass and gives about three foot clearance for the window cleaners to go in once every so often and clean the windows. Mechanically, that's really clever. 
and in the in the New York store they did uh, they literally got this old historical building on Fifth Avenue, raised it up, put in a support structure to hold the LED wall, and dropped it back down. Then put up an 18 by 32 foot, uh, 2.5 millimeter direct view LED facing out. Those are just mechanically cool, but I would say that um, artistically cool. I always like staggering, and what I mean by that is I always like when someone uh, comes up with a display technology uh, deployed in a staggered type environment. Um, you know, the set of ESPN has the one shot where the displays are all staggered on a Z and overlapped, and I like that. You'd see it more, but content is so difficult to do for that that you don't notice a lot of uh, staggering being deployed. Um, we did a job at Scotiabank up in Canada in Markham, uh, the York, Yorkdale Shopping Mall, which is one of the number one digital malls in, in North America. And they deployed 138 live uh, little Christie micro trials. Each one of those displays is 12 inches by 16 inches. And then they had another 50 or so blank tiles that actually didn't have any electronics in them. And the tiles were just deployed in a staggered environment offset by about 12 inches uh, from the one protruding the most to the one retracted the most. And when you have it deployed like that, it looks really cool. But it only looks really cool if you can do content, if you can make it look cool with content. So um, uh, those, those would be two that I would highlight both for different reasons. Now, this is more for the indoor video walls. Do any of these have touch integration? Yeah, a lot do. Um, so to talk again, the different display technologies at a high end, uh, projection, rear projection, touch, no problem. Uh, front projection, of course, you're going to have a shadow block the light, but we do a lot of interactive touch for front projection. We are the DNP distributor and their laser panel product is, is made it with a touch solution that for uh, you get a hundred inch diagonal screen projector, interactive touch for 8,400 bucks, the US list. We do a lot of interactive touch for matrix video walls and where we add value is figuring out how are you gonna install this video wall with a touch overlay, but more importantly, how are you gonna service it? You know, if you're gonna deploy a five wide by four high 55 inch touch wall, that's like 9.1 feet tall by 25 feet wide, um, you don't want to be taken off that touch bezel to service one of the panels. And also installing that is trick. So we play there. You're not seeing a ton of touch yet in direct VLED um, because the manufacturers restrict you touching it for, and they void the warranty. If you go up to direct VLED and touch it, they say don't touch. And so Planar Laird has a unique solution where they put a, 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 a membrane film over the front, and that allows you to touch it. We do a lot of touch, we've done it with planar Laird and others where we actually take a glass overlay substrate on the front to protect the LED. Um, towards the end of this year, a technology called Chip On Board, uh, COB with DirectView LED, which is basically encapsulated. And uh, that's when that starts shipping and the pixel resolution gets down to sub 1.5 mil, you're then going to see a lot more touch being deployed in um, LED environments. Now, I know we touched on price of these a little bit before, but I specifically want to know, are we going to be in a spot in the near future where video walls are going to be start being seen in like middle class family home theaters or just houses in general? Or are we really far off from that? Um, you know, right now, me, you know, um, a home theater, not a connoisseur of home theater, but 
you know, I'm going to be hard pressed to justify any kind of video wall into my house. Um, I can't see 99% uh, of the population needing ever a larger than a 98 inch uh, format 4K. And so that's going to be a single panel. Um, but I will tell you that we have every about once a year that, you know, you'll be deploying a video wall into these mega homes, these mega mansions. But to be honest with you, most of the ones that have been deployed and there haven't been for, um, I would call it like passive viewing. There hasn't been for me watching the hockey game or watching um, Avatar. It's been for me uh, entertaining guests with digital art and interactive touch and stuff like that. A lot of the video walls are not being deployed. I do know that a couple of the narrow pixel pitch LED manufacturers are all working towards getting a little package together of say 0.95 or 1.2 LED because you're sitting relatively close to watch uh, video at home. And they're trying to play in that market just above the 98, so let's call it 103, up to 120, 130 inch diagonal. And, and that might increase the, the mega mansion home draw of putting in a larger format display. But for now, I believe 98 inch for most most applications are going to be just uh, suit you just fine in a home. So I got one more question for you. What do you think the future is for video walls? Do you see them with the touch integration ones being like implemented in schools and replacing chalkboards and whiteboards stuff like that? Yeah, I mean ultimately um, they're going to be digital chalkboards. I absolutely see that coming. Um, right now, you know, you can put a touch solution into a room, but if a teacher can't interact with it with a with a piece of chalk, they don't like it. But there's no reason why that can't be a digital piece of chalk. Not quite there yet. Probably cost benefit, and you know, um, you can do it, but it's not uh, cost practical. But you're you're just going to see more and more display technology being um, deployed in more and more environments, and so. Again, um, just large format area display versus, you know, the traditional thinking of here's my video wall on this wall. Um, you know, we've been involved in a couple of projects where the rooms are all um, either Paintscape projection or Paintscape with direct VLED, and they use the room in a traditional boardroom environment that you and I can relate to. And then they light the whole room and, and press a button and you're in Tahiti. And then press another button and you're, you're not in Tahiti. Thank you for coming on, Randy. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe for previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.